everyone and welcome to another episode of Back Chat. I'm Amy. This is my wife Maggie. Hello. And together we are Thinker Thema and in this series we count down usually our top 10 crowdfunding campaigns that we're most excited about from the previous fortnight. What are you doing interpretive dance? I, I'm, I'm interpreting <laughs> what you're saying. Say so usually it's 10. Usually it's 10. But this fortnight, it's going to be another top five. <laughs> We're going to do that the whole time. It's going to be another top five because <laughs> there are just not enough games um, hitting crowdfunding platforms at the moment that we personally are excited about. Yeah. So we're going to take you through um, our top five. So let's get started with our number five, Pagan Fate of Roanoke. Nice. And now this is an interesting one because... Technically, it was out and available from uh, last fortnight's back chat. Um, but at the time, we hadn't had a chance to play the game. Mm. Um, and if you watched last week's Small Talk episode, you would see that in our new segment of This Just In, it was one of the games that just got delivered to us. So we have since had an opportunity to get it to the table, albeit quite quickly, um, before recording this. Mm. And so basically, on Kickstarter at the moment, they are offering the second edition print run well, it's not a second edition, but it's the second print run of Pagan. And they're offering everything that they offered in the first Kickstarter. But they've also made a couple of fixes to some cards that apparently were not super clear, um, as well as the rule book, which again, they were just clarifying some of the examples. And I'm glad to hear that they've done that because there were a couple of examples in the rule book that we got mm-hmm. a little bit lost on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very happy to hear that. I'm also happy that it's not really fixing any mistakes mm-hmm. because... Um, obviously we already have the game and the new cards um, are just simply making it clearer. Mm -hmm. But what is this game about? In this game, you're playing as either the witch hunter or the witch. And this is a deduction game. It's a two-player only game, although I will note that in the new Kickstarter, they're working towards unlocking a three or four and four-player variant. Mm-hmm. But at its heart, this game is two-player and you have both have an uh, asymmetric characters and you both have a unique deck of 50 cards. And what you're going to be doing is you're, um, as the witch, you're trying to obscure who the actual witch is out of a series of suspects that Um, are laid out between the two players. As the hunter, of course, you are out there trying to gain information to work out who the act, who the witch is, where mm-hmm. is the witch's true identity. And so you're going to be able to work your way through a pile of cards that gives you clues to tell you who the witch is not mm-hmm. in order for you to deduce down who the witch actually is. And what's really interesting is the witch, of course, wants to stop the hunter from doing their job. Ultimately, and- so we can do, I say we because I usually play, <laughs> play the witch so that I can do the ritual, um, which I need to kind of collect enough first. Uh, secrets but the the interesting part about that mechanically is that in order to build up enough secrets secrets Mm. in order to perform the ritual and ultimately win the game the witch is going to have to give away some information about who the actual witch is because they need to build up the secrets which are visible on top of the card to the hunter. Little tokens. Little tokens. So the hunter is going to get some clues as to maybe where the witch is uh, kind of funneling all their efforts. Mm. And so the witch has to obscure that by placing more secrets across a broader range of characters. Yeah, cool. Don't be too obvious. Don't be too obvious, but also um, can slow the hunter down uh, by uh, performing different rituals, not rituals, what's the 
their cards like off to the side that's like oh yeah stop the hunter the, the actual name but it's kind of like it's like kind of like, like a, a spell, spell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like yeah, a yeah. spell mm. um but also there are a lot of cards that you both have to really help or hinder mm. help yourself or hinder the other person yeah um this game is a very interesting one we um Oh, of course, we haven't played it enough to do a full mm. review of it yet. We'll probably save that for a small talk. Yeah. But I will say that it is um, quite long to begin with. Mm. So when you're getting your head wrapped around this game, um, there's a lot to think about. And it's um, described in very thematic terms, the, the rule book. And actually, you both have very similar actions, but they're called mm. different things. And they all have different icons. And one thing that is making this game harder for us to get into, I would say, is the iconography and the font. Not my favorite, mm. um, kind of quite small font, um, quite... Uh, like lots of different icons that you've got to get to and know. The icons are very small they as well. Very Sometimes small. the shape is hard to make apart. Maybe yeah. we're just old. Maybe but, that's part of it. Could be it. We don't really have the best of um, eyesight. Yeah. Yeah, but I do feel as though those things hold this game back because I'm feeling like what's underneath is actually a very clever game mechanically. Mm. Um, and it's been likened to um, Android Netrunner. So mm-hmm. if you are a fan of that game, it has apparently the same kind of feel and build throughout mm. the game. So um, in terms of going in on this Kickstarter, I know that for the Australians, the postage is very expensive. It's, I think, 35 euro um, postage. And it was the first time around quite expensive as well. So I do remember that. Mm. Um, but it is a really uh, interesting game um, yet to feel like whether it's a, a you know a must back or mm-hmm. or not it's a little bit lower in our ranking simply because we already own the game mm-hmm. um, if you go in on the Kickstarter I believe it's 45 euro for the base game um, and in if you go in now of course you get this lovely box of all of the unlock Kickstarter extras from the previous campaign and from this campaign and the goodies are worth it the wooden tokens yeah. are really beautiful all of the stuff the extra things mm. that came um with the previous pack when i went all in of course and got the play mat there's a new play mat now alternative mm. art um as well as like all of the additional cards because the other thing about this game is that ultimately it is a deck construction game mm. where you'll be building your deck before you get started um however I will say that that's a really minor element of this game because at um, the game itself, the base game, comes with pre-constructed decks yeah. for both both players, mm-hmm. um, and even the expansion comes with new pre-constructed decks for both players. So mm. you don't have to get into the mixing and matching and constructing mm. your own deck if you don't want to. Yeah, um, yeah, but that is uh, basically. Everything I have to say about that, I don't think you need to go in on this if you already have everything from the previous mm. Kickstarter. It doesn't sound like the cards, the the corrected or rephrased cards are going to make too much of a difference. And the new, there's two other things. The new wood tokens are slightly more fancy because they've got the, um, like the question mark and things etched out of the okay. wooden tokens. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I think I can live with the ones we have. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, though, is they swapped the influence um, dial to mm-hmm. um, influence wooden tokens. Now, yeah. I think that's just a preference thing. It, the little dial is a little tight to turn, mm-hmm. and I don't mind it. But I do think that it can be obscured if you're worried about your opponent cheating. Yeah. Um, it is better to be able to see them yeah. pay their influence and that they have yeah, the no dials, influence It's easy to, over. like, bump them and go, oh, I was kind of in between two numbers. Yeah, and it's another, it's another element that's actually quite small as a... I agree, yeah. but I feel like the dial is fine and more sustainable. So um, there is that. Yeah. And that is our number five. Um, go and check it out if it sounds like something that interests you. Pagan Fate of Roanoke. 
And our number four is a game called Drop Bears. Now, Drop Bears comes from Australia, not just Australia, from right here, Melbourne, mm -hmm. Australia. Now, Drop Bears, if you're not familiar, are the mythological creature that all tourists or our new arrivals to Australia are introduced to as a, you need to watch out for the Drop Bears. Like, the, the what? There's bears in the trees and they'll jump in the middle of the night and catch you. I was told that uh, as when I arrived in Australia, that was never something that people did to me. So I was, I felt like I was pretty safe. Yeah, I was pretty. Yeah, I was always sort of naively safe. Mm. But now that I have been introduced to the actual drop bears through this game, I am terrified. I am terrified that they might actually be real. So I'll talk about the game. And drop bears. We are a group of campers. Uh, that uh, for some reason we've gotten lost in the Aussie bush. Not a good thing to do. The Aussie bush is uh, no joke. And we have to, all we have to do is survive the night. So just make it through to, from, from dusk till dawn. As we're going to be doing that, we're going to be exploring and getting, go, going further into, into the bush. And in the way we do that is we actually have these uh, little tiles, sort of hexagonal tiles that are going to be representing the areas that we're exploring and the different um, areas that we're coming across. As we're doing that, what will happen is we'll have our turn where we kind of walk around as cooperative, I should say, which immediately took Amy out of the, mm -hmm. <laughs> out of the game. Um, but as we're doing that, One after we have our, our round, the drop bears have their turn because they've been hearing us uh, rustling around. So every this is essentially our turn, their turn. Every time their turn is uh, is upon us, it's quite literally upon us. These drop bears are going to jump and attack us um, in order, depending on how many you know how many campers we have out. It's one of those games that it's really just it's a survival game. It is meant to be obviously it's a cooperative game. You can also play it solo. It is, it's got a beautiful, it's like a well, beautiful, horrifying, but pretty cool <laughs> table presence because you've got the, well, and again, I actually got a chance to play it, but I, I, I got to play with the prototype. And even at a prototype level, I actually was quite impressed with like the little wooden tokens that they had and, um, and even just the, the cardboard tree that, mm, that holds tile, all the tiles. Tree. Yeah, mm -hmm. that was really cool. And the actual, the drop bears themselves, they're, um, sort of, uh, yeah, the miniatures are, horrifying they are. they are they're really terrifying yeah and i love that one of them is called blinky yeah which is a reference to blinky bill yeah who is the cutest cartoon koala and the friendliest sort of like kids show <laughs> yeah. uh yeah so so there's a lot there's so many uh, cool little aussie nods in this game because as you're you know as you're kind of exploring the bush and trying to survive you know every incoming round of drop bears there's a lot of utility cards that you're coming across which are essentially your your life-saving uh, cards and equipment that you're able to use to either heal wounds or um, give you kind of health points or reduce your panic that's the other thing this your characters have a double track of both uh, their health depending on the, the the wounds that they're getting but also their heart rate like their heartbeat and so if your heartbeat gets to a certain point it triggers a panic and so when you're in a panic what happens is you're going to be rolling the die and then every tile has numbers on each of the sides and then that die will determine which which direction you run away in a panic mm -hmm. the problem when you're running away in a panic is you're uncovering terrain or or new areas and there's going to be things where for example there might be hazards that if you're just uh encountering them in a normal speed there's no issue but if you're running through they're actually going to cost you additional damage so overall this game is one of those yeah survival 
relentless type thing, it does feel very punishing. It does feel very, um, because not only do you have to survive the, the drop bear attacks, by the end of the game or by, by daybreak, you also need to have collected enough um, survival points. So it's not just a survival element. There's also kind of like this, this tracker of points that you need to be, uh, have enough of by the end of it. But the temptation is that's exactly what you can use to, uh, sort of mitigate some of the, the, the drop bear attacks. Mm-hmm. So you're like, Oh, you know, do I use it? Am I going to not have enough by the end of the game? So there's a lot of those tensions. I think overall, it's probably not a game for me just from a genre point of view. Like I don't tend to resonate with like horror and that, that sort of thing. But if that is something that you enjoy, Definitely, I would say it's something that's worth checking out. Yeah, and it is by local Melbourne designer Matthew Aslan, who yeah. also had the game prior to this, uh, Rat Catcher, which mm-hmm. was a big hit from the yeah. solo community. Um, and you yeah. have had a chance to play I that did. with yeah. Matt. Yeah. Um, and of course, this uh, follow up game as well. So um, I will, I'll just drop in and say that, uh, well, for me, this obviously drop into the Drop Bears conversation. Drop in, yeah, um, like a drop But bear. this, mm-hmm. yeah, this uh, isn't a game for me just because it's co op and the horror is if you, if you watch regularly you'll know I do not enjoy anything too scary yeah but I did love the look of the miniatures and I would like to paint those miniatures they look very cool yeah um but the game itself is 79 Australian dollars so I don't know that's like two dollars American just kidding I think it's about 55 American dollars um unfortunately the shipping is the most expensive to Australia Mm. which is a shame because you know Australian games we like to see cheap Australian shipping but um Mm. understand because the games are not made here generally so we Mm. still have to cop those high Australian shipping fees. Yeah, and it's a big box as well. Like yeah. at least obviously I had a prototype, but yeah, it's it it's not like a it's not like kind of yeah, a little yeah. tiny thing. So yeah. yeah. So um if this game does sound like one for you, go and check it out. That is our number four drop bears. Our number three is a pair of games from Queen Games called Helsinki and Copenhagen. Now, Helsinki is a new game, um, which is a deluxe edition that you can get through this campaign. Copenhagen is a game that already exists, and um, but now you can pick up this deluxe edition of that game as well. They are both polyomino tile-laying games, and Copenhagen's been around for a little while, and you can certainly see that Helsinki is an evolution of that game to make it a bit more complex, a bit more uh, meaty and uh, thinky for, mm. I guess, uh, gamers that prefer a heavier game because Copenhagen, the original, if you don't know about that game, it's very much a Tetris style game where you will be collecting cards of different suits or colors um, that you'll be able to trade in for polyomino tiles to then put into your player board, which looks like a Tetris grid, <laughs> and you'll be trying to create um, lines, uh, completed lines, both um, vertically and horizontally, mm-hmm. to score points. And uh, there are a couple of other things along the way. There are these bonus tiles that can give you uh, powerful abilities that you can that you can use along the way to help yourself. And also you're going to be trying to link as many windows uh, next to each other. So you're going to be manipulating the way the tiles fall so that you can have um, full lines of windows that are going to give you more points. Now, the evolution of that game is Helsinki, and this introduces an interesting new um, player board where you're going to be, sorry, central board, where you're going to be moving your meeples around the outside and instead of just choosing a card and choosing an adjacent card, you actually have to land between two cards and take both adjacent mm-hmm. cards. So slightly different. 
Um, but it does mean that you can kind of uh, plan ahead and it also restricts down your options mm. because um, you're only allowed to move one to three steps forward. Mm. So you're trying to work out how far can my opponent move, how far can I move, and what's going to be available to me on my next turn. Mm. Um, but it works in a similar way and that you are drafting the cards into your hand, but trading them in for polyomino pieces is a little bit harder because in this game, you don't just um, trade in, um, you know, three purple cards to get a three purple piece. You need to have the three purple cards, but also the three, a purple card that has the number three on it. So it's a little bit more complex in terms of being able to collect those polyomino tiles. And then the other element that's really interesting about this game is that little rondelle that you're going around and collecting pieces um, also dictates the way in which the piece is going to slide into your puzzle. So instead of just being top down falling like a like a Tetris piece, it's going to be coming in from the sides or mm. going from the top or the bottom. Mm. And um, the piece has to connect with something so it can't move straight through the puzzle board. So you're going to I feel as though it's going to be a much more complex puzzle working out where you need to be on the board in order to collect cards, but also where you need to be on the board in order to work out where those pieces are going to enter the puzzle. Mm. So that to me seems really interesting. Um, the deluxe edition of both of these games gives you um, acrylic puzzle tile pieces. Mm -hmm. So that's why you might go in on um, this Kickstarter because I believe it's the only way to get the deluxe edition of this game. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, all of the pieces are cardboard. Um, and even though this is an evolution of um, the original Copenhagen game, it still doesn't feel super heavy. Uh, obviously, we haven't played it, but from watching, it still mm -hmm. feels like a game that's kind yeah. of a bit cruisy, yeah. a nice like puzzles to work. I, I enjoy away. this concept of the Tetris then that but the, depending on where you are determines which side mm. the piece is going to be sliding in from. So I think that's a nice little touch. And thematically you're technically building pavilions to protect so that the the pedestrians can be protected from the rain. Um, just FYI. Just putting it in there. What does it mean thematically like coming in from the sides? I have the no idea. That bit maybe it's just like you're like beep beep bringing in the crane and it's like well if we can't fit it then this is where it ends like it's it's gonna be you're not building it there maybe, i don't know maybe i i'm not familiar with the uh, the economy there i don't know maybe they have to bring manufacture things somewhere else and bring them already made and so you have to just tetris style. i think you're giving the game a lot of credit here thematically <laughs> okay. um but you do stretch. get little um pavilion rooftops that then mm -hmm. get placed on top of the pieces points, there's also yeah. um other little i think it's shields that you can collect along the way that unlock certain abilities that you yeah. can do kind of like the tiles in the original copenhagen game so yeah mm. it is a build on copenhagen mm. um again only available the deluxe edition from the kickstarter i believe the game is uh i forgot off the top of my head 87 australian dollars for the mm. regular edition if you want to get the deluxe edition 109 dollars mm. um, i would recommend maybe waiting until retail if you're just going to get the regular edition because shipping is as usual quite expensive mm. um queen games it usually has quite expensive shipping to australia it's um 35 us dollars to get it here mm. so uh, kind of expensive but if you're really into these games or you really love copenhagen then go and check this out it is our number three Helsinki and Copenhagen Deluxe.
Our number two is a game called Stonewall Uprising. This is a game, a two-player game, about the fight for gay civil rights. So obviously very near and dear to our hearts. And so in this two-player game, it's asymmetric. So one person is going to be playing as the the gay civil rights movement, trying to kind of forward and bring the course forward and all of those rights uh, Mm -hmm. to the fore. Called Pride. Pride. Mm -hmm. And then the other person will be playing as the man or the kind of institution that's trying to suppress that and make sure that that doesn't happen. Now, the way that this game is played is each player is going to be playing a card out of their hand on their turn, which is going to influence three trackers that are on the center board. And you want to try and influence the trackers to be more towards your side of the movement, because if you can get them far enough along the tracker, they're going to trigger events. And these events are based on real life events that happened in the 60s, 70s and 80s during the gay civil rights movement. Ultimately, you win as the man if you demoralize 10 people. Um, You win as pride if you're able to um, exceed the sum on a series of dice, um, exceed the sum of the Overton window. Now, the Overton window is this concept of what the public Mm. is willing to accept and reject in public discord or policy. Mm. Um, And so the game, uh, as it evolves, that window or that that sum is going to be changing. And then you, of course, are trying to ensure that you can exceed that um, with your your total sum of dice that you're going to be collecting along the way. Um, Now, it was not easy to work out how that game, how the game played Mm, um, from the campaign. I wish it was a little easier in the campaign. Um, But there's been a lot of discussion um, about this game, about what it would be like to play as the man. Mm. And I will say a couple of things one is they introduced a solo mode so that you don't have to play as the man. You can just play as pride and go up against the man and yeah. try and, and win that yeah. way. So no one has to play as the man. Mm. Um, the other thing is what I thought was an interesting choice as well is that they made the man very abstract and dehumanized. Um, so it, yes, it's a horrible character to play and mm. it's meant to be and it's meant to feel awful and you're meant to be doing these awful things because it's meant to be educational about mm. about how awful it was. Um, but it doesn't have any people associated with mm-hmm. it. Um, whereas the Pride deck is full of all of the activists yeah. and people that continued pushing for gay rights mm. um, to really celebrate those people in this game. So that's a kind of interesting way mm. of aggress- addressing that um, component of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I still personally would not like to play as the man, and it's mm. questionable as to whether I would enjoy playing as Pride. I find find um, in the little text that I read, I find elements of it a little bit triggering, just um, Mm. growing up queer Mm. um, and having to still face some of those things, Mm. you know, today. And of course, there's still a lot of work to be done. Mm. Um, For me, I I appreciate the game. I appreciate what it's here trying to do. I think it's fabulous that this be represented. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. 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 But I'm not sure it's just a game that I want to sit down um, Mm. and play, unfortunately, because I I think it's really great. So I'm a bit torn Mm. about it. And particularly because um, also there's, you know, an AIDS death tracker in it. There's Mm. lots of really... Um, if you are queer, you know, that there are some triggering elements. Yeah, it's in a there. tough, it would be a tough kind of game yeah. to play. And so it'd be more of a, I feel like definitely be more of an educational yeah. 
There's Ooh. teachable moments yeah. in there for yeah. sure. Then yeah. a fun, lighthearted or like, yeah. Game. Yeah. 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 So it would be interesting. And even mm. if you're playing it solo to lose under those conditions as mm. well, I'm not sure. Yeah. You have to obviously yeah. go in knowing what you're getting into, but I mm. certainly, it's really nice to see the pride elements and yeah. just the, the, you know, all of the work that it took to stand yeah. up against like such a big powerful demand. Also in this game, I should say that when you lose, um, it doesn't mean that, you know, gay rights went out the window. Um, it just means that the man was able to slow those rights down. And mm. I like that they did that in the game, yeah. you know, signaling that change is inevitable because mm. that is a much more positive way to mm. leave the game. Um, even yeah. if you do lose against the man. Mm. Um, yeah. So interesting. Um, unfortunately it's not being offered, um, in Australia. So they're only mailing to the, I believe the U S and Canada. Um, and there's an option to get it through a third party, um, for Europe but mm. at the at the this current time of filming um, there's no option to get it in Australia yeah. uh, interesting game concept uh, if you back it now I believe you can also get one of the limited edition kind of covers mm -hmm. which has um, different elements of pride flags on there which is pretty cool um, go and check that out that is our number two Stonewall Uprising and our number one campaign for this fortnight is the Joey Games launch, which is actually uh, Meredith and Phil Walker-Harding, who have now launched an Aussie Australian-based uh, game company. If you don't know Phil Walker-Harding, a uh, very uh, well-renowned designer of games like Sushi Go. Um, and Baron a, Park. Yeah, and Baron Park. Just, just a, a few couple little of little games. games. Little games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so now they're actually launching a, uh, yeah, a publishing company in Australia. And this is the, the first three games that are going to kind of get things going. We just going. talk about the name of the publishing house, Joey Games. Now, Joey Games. Joey uh, is very near and dear to our hearts mm -hmm. because um, if you're watching the channel, you probably know that our channel membership, uh, we refer to as our Joey, fam, Joey fam and Joey's yes. are our um, channel members and we love them very dearly. It actually says um, Joey fam up on yes, the wall over yes. there. Um, so yeah, so no relation, but still relation because Joey just no refers relation. to a baby kangaroo. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. that's why. And a perfect for this because this series of games is yeah. aimed, um, to get, you know, aimed at more children yeah. to get, get uh, kids playing. and fans, yeah. yeah, parents playing together. Yeah. And so perfect name choice. Love it. Very yeah. Australian as well. So I'll talk about the little, the three games that are being launched. They're all so adorable. I love the aesthetic that they've gone with with these games. But again, and they're all trying to, uh, celebrate or highlight an element of Australian life or flora, fauna, culture. And so the, the games are, the first one is Busy Beaks, which is about birds. Uh, so a lot of the, the Australian birds are featured. It's really a fairly straightforward uh, set collection game with cards. But the cool thing about it is obviously every, every bird, you're trying to kind of get five of the same type of bird. But out of all of the birds that are available, you, you start the game with, I believe it's like seven. You kind of pick the the, you construct the starting deck. Yeah, basically. yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. and so that'll determine the type of actions that will be part of that game. So every bird uh, type has their own action type. So that's, and again, it looks like a fairly straightforward. The artwork is just so stunning. It's beautiful. Though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think this is one that I saw and I was like, oh, I'm going to have to get this for my friend who's just like absolutely obsessed with bird watching. And, you know, also because he's in Australia. So. 
it'll be very perfect for that. Um, it is, however, a little bit light. So there all these games are obviously meant to be kind of more kid-friendly, family-friendly. So it's probably going to be a bit on the light side mm-hmm. for us. Um, the second game is Pasta Party Food, mm-hmm. um, which is all about Australian party food uh, as well. This one's interesting because this is a, a co-op game where you're trying to uh, kind of eat the most food and uh, or or speed up this food eating track and outrun the uh, your dog. So I believe it's Ziggy the dog uh, is also going to be eating at the same time. So that's why it's co-op. We're trying to you know somehow eat more than the dog. You should mm-hmm. always eat more than the dog, particularly collectively at a party. If your dog is eating more than all of you, that would be concerning. Especially these foods. Especially and these foods. These most foods of these are foods amazing. are not going to be dog friendly as well. So a couple of highlights of the foods. Mm-hmm. Um, just speaking as the resident Australian. Yeah. Um, one is a biscuit, little known biscuit by Arnott's called the Hundreds and Thousands. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't heard, heard of Hundreds and Thousands, they are a very Australian uh, sprinkle. Yeah, uh, what you would refer to colored, as, you know, the yeah. sprinkles that you put on top of mm. icing and things. Yeah. But we famously also put the hundreds and thousands on white bread with butter, and that is called fairy bread. And mm-hmm. that is also covered off in this game. It is. And there's a lamington. So yes. a lamington is a sponge cake that has jam in the center mm-hmm. and is wrapped in chocolate and, mm-hmm. and uh, coconut. coconut. Yeah. Um, so that is a really famous Australian and I think dish scones as Scones well. are also in it. Scones well. with jam, yeah. jam and cream. So in terms of how the game plays, though, you're, it's going to be one of these games where you're, you're pulling out three tiles and then you're deciding which one to keep and which, which which one to give to the person on your left, which one to give on the person on your right. And you're going to be kind of trying to tally out or keep track of how uh, the tracks, their you know individual tracks are going. Because as soon as you manage to get the full set, then you eat that and then you you move up the the eating points track. Again, trying to beat Ziggy. Super dog. cute. Very, very cute. Mm-hmm. The third game is called Scribbly Gum. And so this one is about the... The baby moths that uh, eat away at the bark of gum trees, mm. and so they actually create. And I, I'd always kind of wondered. Did not what, know. I know. I, I'd always wondered, you know, what caused that those shapes because they're really squiggly. Like yeah. they are pretty kind of cool. And, and so, so it's baby te- moths te- teaching children and Amy's and, and Maggie's of the world. Ah, oh, well, there you go. And so this is actually a a competitive roll and write. So in this one, you're going to start in the middle with your baby moth, and then there's these uh, tiles cards that that define um, or t- like tile what would you call them kind of like movement tiles mm-hmm. I guess that define which direction your um, your moth can can eat next eat its way next and so you're going to try to be collecting um, I believe and I can't remember it's like it's, it's really set collection I believe it's like a gum nut a uh, a leaf and a gum blossom that's mm. it and every time you get those three sets you get to kind of score score some points so again, it's another kind of set collection. Yeah, all type. three of the games yeah. are set collection, yeah. um, but all in slightly different ways. Yeah, and they're all super cute. Yeah, this one can be also leveled up with like almost uh, achievements of shapes that you want to be mm-hmm. able to to achieve by the end of the game so yeah so it's got a bit more difficulty that you can add into yeah. it yeah and what i really like to see um because this obviously is a new publisher i really appreciate all of the effort that has gone into creating these games sustainably mm. um and also giving back so they are very um forward in the campaign um and on their website talking about the things that they or the values mm. that the company has and that they're donating uh one percent of profits um back out to charities mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. um, through each of these games. You can see each one is representing a different charity. They've also tried to create it, um, the components as sustainably as possible. Like in the uh, flip and write game, there's no pens included because they say, you know, everyone has pens at home and they mm -hmm. don't want to contribute uh, more plastic mm -hmm. um, into the world. So that obviously is what we want to see from more progressive uh, designers and from mm. more progressive companies as yeah. uh, we move forward. So um, that is really amazing. And um, they just look like super mm. cute games that, you know, it, I'm kind of sad that we don't have more kids in our life because mm. these look like perfect gateway games yeah. into more complex concepts. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, you can have a mini style Biblios draft. I <laughs> yeah. love that. So if you do have children in your life, um, the game you can buy, the games you can buy all three for 90 Australian dollars, which is uh, really cheap. That must be um, somewhere between 20 and 25 US dollars each. So uh, really quite cheap games that um, look like there will be nice gateways into more complex games for, for younger kids, as well as parents enjoying them as well. And the theme, so Australian, mm -hmm. absolutely adore. Um, that is our number one, the set of Joey games. So uh, if you're still with us, thank you so much for watching uh, this last fortnight. Apologies again that we're still in top five mode because mm -hmm. there just hasn't been enough campaigns, yeah. which is probably a good thing if you're out there saving money yeah. like we are, because there are, you know, some board game conventions like Gen Con coming up mm -hmm. and then Essen after that. And we all know what that means, new yeah. game releases. Yeah. And that means a lot more spending towards the end of the year. So save your pennies while yeah. you can be fiscally responsible. Yeah. And we'll play see the games you, you have. Yeah. yeah, play the games you have. If you, you can't have. be with the games you uh, want, play the ones you have. Get the off your shelf and we'll be back with more board game content soon but otherwise bye for now bye